Before we jump into today's conversation, let's take a moment to acknowledge our amazing sponsor, the Academy of Therapy Wisdom. Oh my gosh, we love this platform. They're the place I go now for all my CEUs. Stay tuned for a special offer at the end of the show. Please join us for our next live online workshop, Integrating Mind and Heart, April 3rd through 6th of 2024. This is an experiential, active workshop designed to engage you in brain states that promote relational learning. If you want to get closer, say the things that usually go unspoken and trust each other and yourself to get through the hard moments. This is the workshop for you. Go to whydoesmypartner.com to learn more and register. Hi, folks. It's Al, editor of the Why Doesn't My Partner podcast. So in case you didn't happen to glance at the episode title, we are talking about sex and sexuality today. So if that changes when or if or how you listen, we want to make sure you have the chance to do what feels best for you. Okay, enjoy. Welcome to the Why Does My Partner podcast. I'm Jules. I'm Vicki. And I'm Rebecca. We're your hosts. We're also couples therapists and messy humans bumbling through our own relationships every day. We met at a training and our secret sauce is that we and our partners became fast friends. Between us, we have more than 40 years of experience holding hard relational questions with our clients. We're going to bring those questions here. And together, we're going to take a stab at answering those questions. This podcast is not a substitute for couples therapy. If something you hear in this podcast stirs something deep within you about your relationship, reach out to a couples therapist in your area. We also love to hear your questions. So don't forget to go over to whydoesmypartner.com to leave a question of your own. Here's today's question. So this week, we're answering a question that we receive numerous times in slightly different language. And it kind of sounds like, why does my partner need or use sex to connect? And I need either connection or I I need connection to want to be intimate or to want to have sex. Yeah. So it's this question. Yeah. We get it all the time. This is one of the Mm -hmm. most common sex questions that I get asked in my therapy office. It comes into the podcast a lot. So that's, yeah. Yeah. So there's this difference in terms of what sexual intimacy means to both partners Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. what um, leads each partner towards arousal and desire. Mm -hmm. Right? So I think it's helpful if we kind of separate that because... I think there's a lot of different ways of looking at what does sex and intimacy mean to you. Yes. Yes. Like, what did you learn? Yeah. What's about your, what sex means? Like, what is sex? Yeah. Is it just for procreation? Is it something you use for connection, for pleasure? Is it something oh, right. that means... Oh, something to check off my to-do list because, oh my gosh, I'm so overwhelmed. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think, mm-hmm. and I think it means different things to us at different times in our life. So it depends on where you are in your own yeah. journey. Well, and I, development, part of right? this too, I hear of like, can I have sex if I don't feel emotionally connected? And the well, other piece of it. The answer, well, the answer, for some folks, it's no. And for right. other folks, it's more like... I feel more okay being connected after sex. Right. Mm -hmm. That's what I mean. There's the emotional connection piece. 
Mm-hmm. Well, and then there's folks that don't want to have sex when there's connection. They only want to have sex sure. when there's not. So, mm-hmm. it, you know, it, it could, it, <laughs> oh and gosh. then there's, and then there's some folks <laughs> who are just not really very sexual beings and that's okay mm-hmm. also. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like, there's, there's a huge range yeah. of mm-hmm. how we express ourselves and how yeah. we embody ourselves mm-hmm. sexually. Yeah, we didn't even yeah. talk about how some people are uh, with sex with a lot of power meanings behind it. Mm-hmm. So I'm playing with power and I'm playing with feeling empowered when I'm in sexuality or I'm playing with letting go of power and letting go of control mm-hmm. in my sexuality. So I think there's a lot of different ways this plays out, but I also think it's a really common thing that sure. two partners would pick each other who have this in opposite timing. Yes! <laughs> right? Gosh, this happens a lot. A lot, a lot. Well, Which you stinks. Know, well, it stinks. Well, does it? Could. I don't know. It could I also be an opportunity. Mm-hmm. It is. It, yeah. I just think it's a bummer. Well, it depends. It depends on whether or not we say difference is a bummer, right? So if we're going to work through it... <laughs> I know. I'm so, I'm so much no, of pain that's in not the what, ass. That's not what I mean. No, I mean more like this is quick, like three sentences, mm-hmm. not about sex. Yeah. So Gabe and I are huge couch potatoes, both mm-hmm. of us. And so on the one hand, it's great because neither of us is like trying to drag the other one out and neither of us is mad that the other one won't come with us and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's on the one hand. But mm-hmm. on the other hand, it's a bummer because neither of us is trying to get the other one out. <laughs> So it's not like saying differences are good so, or bad. So maybe you just answered your own kind of thing. <laughs> that, well, that's literally what I, that's exactly what I mean. That like, on the one hand, it can be good because the imbalance, like, they can balance each other out in some way. And on the other hand, they might end up, which is what most of our people are doing, fighting over it. So it could be both. That's all I'm pointing out. Yeah. What I'm not I think saying is, differences are bad. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. No, no, I hear you. You're not saying differences are bad. In fact, our whole podcast is about how differences rock. Um, (laughs) Basically, yes. Yeah, totally. And I'm also, you know what I'm in as I hear these questions come in is how much we project what it would mean to me if I did it your way onto what it must mean about you. So if I'm a person who has more like the emotional connection first, sex second. And I'm with a partner who wants sex first, emotional connection second. Then I could project all sorts of stuff about how, oh, they don't want connected sex or mm. they uh-huh. don't, they're using me or mm. they only, they only placating me after because now I gave them what they wanted. There's a lot of, I watch a lot yeah. of projections mm-hmm. happen. Mm-hmm. 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 And vice versa. Oh, right. things have to be just perfect for you in order to have sex. Oh, I'm never going to be enough for you. Oh, I get it. I don't measure up to what you need in all these areas. So oh, now I don't rejecting get- rejecting me again. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When in fact, what's going on oh, these are is differences in oxytocin release as part of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> By the way- Oxytocin release after orgasm is really common in men. Is it? Yes. Yeah. I didn't. I've even Googled that. I did not know that because I know it's it's not even like it happens for women after the orgasm. I didn't know that men had it too. 
Oh, yeah, definitely. But actually, women prep with a lot of oxytocin as well. So if you have a lot of oxytocin going on, you're likely to become more sexual. You want to, you know, like this is why they often say that foreplay begins Mm -hmm. after your last sexual encounter. I love the face you just made. No, I wish <laughs> I wish we could have like captured the sound of that face, right? But so, for you begins, both are talking about me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, we for, are talking about the face you just made. Babe. Yeah. So, and if we want to simplify this, because like let's say there's been a lot of time between your sexual and your last sexual encounter, then we could say foreplay begins 48 hours before mm-hmm. you're intimate with each other. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's there's this. Foreplay is not a 20-minute thing that you do to stimulate your partner. Foreplay Mm -hmm, is like, you know, the lunch Mm -hmm. my partner made me, you Mm -hmm. know, this afternoon. And Mm -hmm. it's the the thing that happened last night that Mm -hmm. we worked our way through in a really seductive way. And it's the, you know, thoughtful thing that happened the day before that. And And is the fact that for the last 48 hours, they've been hitting my butt in the kitchen and winking at me. Oh. Right? Yeah. You know, like all of these little, and and that sexy text message that I keep Mm -hmm. getting, you know, Mm -hmm. and and then, you know, maybe they did the dishes and, Mm -hmm. you know, like just Mm -hmm. these tiny little things that all of a sudden I'm like, oh, my juices are flowing. I feel a little bit more alive and I'm actually thinking about them in a particular Mm -hmm. way and I just can't wait to... That's mm-hmm. foreplay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can yeah. I say can be? Because I think for some people it's not. Mm. So I just want to point say out more. that it. Um, well, everything you just said, Rebecca, is wonderful. And I don't know that everyone interprets all of that in that way. So it can be seen in this way and enjoy it. And maybe you haven't yet. Seen you know, it like this, you mean? Seen it like this. That's mm-hmm. all I mean. You know, I like think— Like, maybe it never crossed my mind when he was doing the dishes to to look at him that way for that. That's right. Yeah. yeah I remember yeah. there was this yeah, moment a friend of mine was talking about her partner. He's a dude. And, and she says to me, she goes, oh, my gosh. He picked up our two-year-old so kindly. It was like the sexiest thing I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. Like, when you treat my son well, <laughs> I love you. Damn. <laughs> right? Like, damn. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. But here's here's the thing. I think a lot of us um, are programmed, like we're sold this lie mm-hmm. through mm-hmm. Hollywood and, and everything else, right? We're mm-hmm. sold this yes. lie that there's something about sex that's supposed <laughs> to be natural and we're all supposed to get it. And there is nothing. And by natural, we mean um, feels perfect with no stumbling ever. And, um, and well, it doesn't happen. in the movies. I know. We've been sold a bill of goods, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So we're not yeah. supposed to ever stumble. We're not supposed no. to ever have it be awkward. Not, we're not ever supposed to, like, lose an erection in the middle of the thing. Like, all of Mm-hmm. We're not supposed to change our mind about what feels good. No, you know what? Instead of doing this, I'd like to do that. Yeah. Right? I mean, like yeah. You're not supposed to have to change positions during sex, but if you do, you're supposed to be able to do so fluidly without disengaging somehow. <laughs> like circus acrobats. <laughs> yeah. And and no body noises. No body no, noises. None. Right? None are allowed. Like, no. yeah, yeah. And certainly yeah. don't fart. Um, mm-hmm. But all of exactly. these things actually do happen during sex. Right. right? right. And the thing is, 
that we think that sex is something that like we're supposed to do because we're feeling connected mm-hmm. or something that we think we're supposed to do because it will help us to feel connected. We have these kind mm-hmm. of dichotomous yeah. beliefs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the thing is that they're both right. Yeah. Bam. Right? Like they're both right. I totally thought you were going to say they were both wrong. No, no. <laughs> they're both They're correct. both right. Right? But the thing here You the, can use sex to connect. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And you can need sex to connect. Mm-hmm. And you can also need to feel connected to feel safe enough to have sex. Mm-hmm. There's not. And you can there's need not to a feel right or safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To be able to open yourself to sexual intimacy. There's, there's so many different elements to it. Mm-hmm. And I think the biggest and most important like growth edge for a lot of folks who I see is for each partner to start to learn and understand their own sexual template. Like what does mm-hmm. sex mean to them? What have they learned and mm-hmm. uh, taken in about what sex is and, and what's, what feels good and what doesn't? And mm-hmm. kind of start to get their own understanding of what mm-hmm. it means for them and for their partner to do the same and for them to start talking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I've had uh, some couples have uh, spontaneously done, and I saw it be so successful. We kind of co-created in the room. It was really their idea, and it was so successful multiple times this happened. I, I've started offering it as a possibility, is be clear with yourself about your sexual template. Share it with your partner. And But when we say sexual template, all we mean is, well, here's, here's what I like, and here's what this means to me. And here's how I kind of lean sexually. And here's some of the history that may go along with that, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, and then once you share it, you take turns doing it the other person's way. Mm-hmm. So we both match partner A's sexual template. And then at another moment, we both match partner B's sexual template. That is so And then we talk after about how it was to do it your way. And how it was to do it this other way. What happened for me when I did it the emotional connection way first? What happened for me when I didn't worry about emotional connection at all? But that came after. So if we have this thing, it can be really useful, I think, Mm -hmm. to explore, oh, how would it be for me to take on the other person's way of seeing this? Mm -hmm. So that we can take it out um, in an embodied way can discount some of the projections we're making. What do you mean by that? So let's say I have a partner who, I'm just going to use me as an example. So let's Mm -hmm. imagine I have a partner who is more interested in in sex first Mm -hmm. and connection second. But I'm more interested in connection first, sex second. Okay. Um, I'm in head relationship, a heterosexual Mm -hmm. relationship. So that's not weird. That's a really common um, paradigm. Okay. So now let's say I'm making guesses that that means he doesn't care about me emotionally. He just wants to use me for sex. That's my projection. I'm guessing that. Then I go and do it his way. And it turns out that when I'm embodying his way, I'm not actually feeling like I just want him for sex. I'm actually feeling Mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, this is actually this really weird kind of dangerous feeling way to connect. And it's kind of exciting. Oh, well, now I just like interrupted my own template. 
Right. You know what? Though? Oh, my own you're, guess you're kind of, about what that was about. For and him. You're hitting on something here, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's something about needing safety to mm-hmm. feel sexually intimate. And mm-hmm. there's something about needing mm-hmm. excitement and mystery to feel sexually intimate. And for okay. different partners who have different like mm-hmm. um, ways of being or relating or whether it's attachment or it's risk aversion or, mm-hmm. right? Like there, there's different components. Or trauma histories. Or trauma histories. a common issue right? around stuff like this. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. what what is, we're, we're basically looking at two things when we talk about sex. We're looking at where's the arousal, where's the gas? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. where's the brakes? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so oh, okay. if we're thinking about like the gas and the brakes, the gas mm-hmm. and the brakes, that's kind of the conversation we're having mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? What, exactly. is, what are the brakes? What does that The brakes would be a downregulation of sexual arousal. So let's say, for example, in English. Um, you and your husband are into it and you're there. And then all of a sudden, a kid walks into the room. <laughs> that's what you mean by the brakes. <gasps> Those are brakes. <laughs> <laughs> Like, yeah. and actually my husband and I had to have this talk early on um, because when we first had a kid, he would feel like kind of cozy and start making sexual looks or gestures towards me while we were putting the kid to bed. Well, to him, it's nighttime. We're mm-hmm. moving more towards that. To me, there's nothing less sexy than suggesting sex while my child is in my presence. Okay. It is a, it, it hits my sexual breaks like crazy. Interesting. So if you try to flirt with me while we are putting the kid to bed, you're Ooh. basically guaranteed a no-go later. <laughs> but if you wait Breaks. till okay. two minutes after she's in bed, I'm good to go because I'm no right. longer associating it with the child. So now that you've <laughs> okay. had that conversation and you've yeah. talked about yeah. it, okay. right? now there's yeah. a template. And right. now when he knows your template, he can start using it to his mm-hmm. own advantage. Mm-hmm. Right. Which right? I would love for him to do. That's yeah. great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not a bad um, usage. No, no. Yeah, yeah so I'm, it's great. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a wonderful book that helps folks mm. work through discovering their sexual template. It's mm. by um, Cindy Darnell, mm-hmm. and it's called "Sex When You Don't Feel Like It: The Truth About Mismatched Libido and Recovering Desire." And it like is kind of like a journal. It walks people through the process of discovering their templates and how to have these conversations. Mm -hmm. It is a lovely book. We'll put it in the show notes. Mm -hmm. Love it. So go out there and take care of each other best Mm -hmm. you can Mm -hmm. through all of these mismatched moments. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And enjoy, enjoy the discoveries that happen as you get to discuss the mismatches. Mm Because the mismatch itself isn't the problem. Mm-hmm. The problem is often what you're not talking about. Yeah. Oh. That was beautiful. Mm. Take care. Bye. That wraps up this week's episode. Join us again next week for another Why Does My Partner? We hope that you continue to listen wherever you get your audio and that you'll follow the show. To go deeper, join us at one of our workshops. You'll find our next date at whydoesmypartner.com. Did you know you can ask us your questions? Your questions are relational gold. Go to whydoesmypartner.com to either write in or record your question for a future episode. And here are some gratitudes. Thanks to Al Hoberman, our sound editor and podcast production magic maker. Thanks to every one of you who has joined us for our workshops in the past. We've learned so much from all of you. And thanks to everyone who's reviewed the show on Apple Podcasts. Your reviews help others to find the show. Take care of each other best you can. See you next time.
We want to tell you more about our sponsor, Therapy Wisdom. Jules is one of their amazing educators, and you can also find teachers like Janina Fisher, Bessel van der Kolk, Deidre Fay, and Akila Riley Richardson, plus a bunch of people you might not have heard of, but will definitely want to start following once you take their courses. And because you listen to us, the Therapy Wisdom team is offering a secret code to give you free access to one of my one-hour wise conversations. Use the code WDMP at checkout. If you're a licensed therapist, coach, healer, or someone who's invested in doing the deep work of personal healing and want to learn about topics like neurobiology, supporting trauma healing, incorporating intersectionality and somatic work, then this is the place for you. Discover some of the most heart-led and quality courses available in a community of people who are invested in spiritual growth, equity, inclusion, and developing expert-level clinical skill. Visit therapywisdom.com or click the link in the show notes and use the WDMP discount code. Thanks, Therapy Wisdom. We love you.